When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, it's time for the Acrisure Fan Advantage. This week, every every week this year, the Acrisure Fan Advantage is going to get you closer to the team, uh, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And every Saturday, we're going to talk to an, an expert on their opponent that week. This week, we got Mike DeRocco from ESPN talking about the Jaguars, who are 5-2 and two and coming into Pittsburgh feeling really good on a four-game win streak. But what are they saying about the Steelers? We'll hear from Mike right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. It's the Acrisure Fan Advantage. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. This is the Acrisure Fan Advantage episode of the podcast that is brought to you by Acrisure all season long. The, the Fan Advantage brings you closer to the team than ever before, featuring exclusive answers to your burning questions by Steelers insider Brian Batko. We had that episode on Friday and an in-depth conversation with an opponent expert every single week. Tune in every Friday and Saturday before the Steelers games all season long to get the Acrisure Fan Advantage and visit acrisure.com slash fan advantage for more information to submit your questions today. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. We've got a special guest, Mike DeRocco from ESPN. And Mike, we're very excited to have you on the show. It's funny because a while ago, it feels like, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh. Steelers-Jaguars used to be this regular rivalry in the AFC Central. And even when they splintered into other divisions, they went back and forth. There was a that rivalry kind of persisted. And it's kind of just died off after the Jalen Ramsey Jaguars kind of like faded out and they've had to kind of rebrand and do everything. I think the last time they played was what, like 2020, maybe 2021. I, it's kind of crazy to think about. But now both of these franchises are in such different places when they were. But when I look at them, I, I don't know about you. I see very similar teams right now. Young quarterbacks looking to find their way from the ACC. Running backs, first-round draft picks came from the same class. Two wide receivers each on each team that could each argue that they're the number one wide receiver. Offensive lines that have good moments but also bad moments. And really talented edge rushers that define their defenses. Is Are these teams – is this a mirror match we're looking at on Sunday? Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it because they are pretty similar. Um you know, you, especially when it comes to physical defenses, which is sort of, you know, what Pittsburgh is known for. And, and mm -hmm. that's what, you know, Jags players have been talking about all week uh, about how, you know, when you go into Pittsburgh or whenever you play Pittsburgh, they're going to punch you right in the mouth. Um, and this Jags defense has been much better than I think everybody around here, media wise and fan wise, has expected. It, it's been a, probably the biggest surprise on this team is how well they played defensively. So, uh, especially when you consider, you know, they, they really haven't rushed the passer too well. Josh Allen has been really, really good, but that's pretty much all they're getting. Mm. Uh, but it's been a big surprise how good this defense has been. And it's, it's really had to be because it's sort of carried this offense um, through some early struggles 
and through some periods and games when it's just been an offensive lull. So yeah, pretty, pretty similar teams for sure. And that, you know, and that's why I think this has got a chance to be one of the better, more entertaining games of the weekend. I'm I'm right with you. I think this has a chance to be a great game. Uh, four and two team in the Steelers, a, a half game back of the first place Ravens and the five and two Jaguars who have jumped out to, to a start here. A, a lot of people in Pittsburgh are talking about Trevor Lawrence because uh, of, you know, Kenny Pickett and they want to see everyone wants Kenny Pickett to have the sophomore year that Trevor Lawrence did and taking a step forward and figuring his game out and getting them to the playoffs and getting a playoff win. But what are the Jaguars talking about the most about the Steelers? Are they I, obviously TJ Watt? draws a lot of attention, but what have you heard them speak as far as him and the other things the Steelers do on, on, on their, on their team right now? Yeah. TJ Watts, the number one thing they're talking about. I mean, <laughs> he's a game wrecker and, and that's what they, you know, you can't have that guy wreck your game. If, if you're the Jags or any team that's playing the Steelers. Um, but the thing of it is, is don't concentrate too much on him because you got the guy on the other side and Highsmith is pretty darn good as well. Um, and Trevor Lawrence actually mentioned he played against Highsmith in mm-hmm. college one time, and Highsmith got him down uh, for a sack. So uh, he remembered that, which I guess these quarterbacks always remember the guys that sack them. It's really kind of funny. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that's priority number one. And, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier the offensive lines for both teams have had their moments. Uh, it's coming off their best game. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence had the, the, the knee sprain. He was wearing a brace last week against the Saints, and he didn't get hit once in that game. Mm. Now, yes, he got the ball out quick at times, uh, but he also had to hold on to it at other times as well. So the only time he got touched was when he ran the ball. Uh, so that was the best game the offensive line has played all year. Uh, they're still banged up a little bit there. I don't think the left guard um, Walker Little is going to play. Mm. Uh, so that's an issue to, to kind of keep an eye on. But, you know, they're going to do whatever they can to keep T.J. Watt out of that backfield. You know, they're going to put a tight end over there, whether that's Evan Ingram, Brenton Strange, Luke Farrell. Um, they're not going to give him a free run. Now, the right tackle, um, I know those guys flip and flop. So if you're probably, mm-hmm. going to, you know, Cam Robinson, the left tackle, has, you know, been in this league a long time since 2017, established guy, um, you know, probably going to attack Anton Harrison, the rookie right tackle, who – has gotten steadily better all year. I mean, week two, he got thrown in there and he's like, okay, here's Chris Jones. They, the Chiefs moved Chris Jones right over there and said, hey, you know, here you go, big boy, deal with this guy. And uh, it wasn't pretty, but he has progressively gotten better. The Jags are real excited about him, but, you know, I, they're not going to be dumb enough to say, okay, you handle TJ Watt uh, or Highsmith for that matter on your own. Uh, so they're going to give him some help over there, but that's, you know, defensively, you know, that, you know, that's the, the main thing they're worried about offensively. They don't want to get beat by the two big receivers. Mm. Um, and, you know, Tyson Campbell, the Jags number one corner missed last week's game with a hamstring. I wasn't expecting him to play this week. I'm still not sure he's going to, but he's been out at practice in a limited basis and moving around pretty well. Um, so that's sort of, you know, something to monitor as well. But Darius Williams, the other corner, is probably, you know, this is the best year of his career, which is saying mm. something because he had a couple of really good years with the Rams, but he's played really, really well. Um, you know, and keeping those guys for – the one thing, you, you look at the Jags and you see where they rank. I think it's either 30th or 31st in pass defense in terms of yards allowed. But they've been up in games, and teams have had to turn around and right. throw the ball late in the second half. I mean, Derek Carr threw it 55 times last week. Uh, so the numbers may be a little bit deceiving from that standpoint. Um, but, you know, they've done a really good job of not giving up the big play. They've made teams sort of nickel and dime them to death down the field. 
and, and that's been sort of their strength. And they're turning the ball over, lead the league with 16 forced turnovers. So that's what they're going to try and do on, on defense, you know, and uh, stopping the run. It always starts with stopping the run there. And they're going to want to try and, and, you know, get in Kenny Pickett's face and try and force the young quarterback to make some mistakes. And, uh, you know, Josh Allen, like I said, is having a career year, seven sacks. Um, you know, Trayvon Walker, the number one pick last year on the other side has struggled some. Uh, he does get pressure, but he doesn't really finish. Um, you know, it's like the guy that goes to the bar every week and he talks a lot, a big game with all the girls, but then he ends up going home alone. That's kind of what he's been like this week, this year, um, just really not getting there. Um, you know, so it, it's been a, a struggle for them to really kind of get pressure on the quarterback, but it, you know, if Allen can get through, you know, and, and make some plays and, and force an interception or two here or there. That's sort of been what's really carried this defense. It's funny. Uh, when I tweeted, I tweeted, Mike Tomlin had a lot of praise for Trevon Walker. He said, he like, listen, he doesn't, he doesn't produce the sacks, but that guy, he called him a wrecking ball. Like he, he doesn't necessarily get after the quarterback, but he is a problem that you, that you have to account for. I tweeted that quote out, Mike. And like, I didn't realize that I just started a war in Jacksonville territory because <laughs> There were some Jaguars fans who were like, see, he is great. Why do you guys hate him? And some Jaguars fans were like, no, he's Mike Tomlin. He's just being nice. And I was like, what What just happened? I just tweeted out. He does this every week. And I'm like, I'm like okay, fine. But I, I just thought it was hysterical to see that there is such a divide. And listen, Pittsburgh has plenty of those. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren at running back do not get them started about that. Right. They're a fire Matt Canada chance everywhere. There, the, one one reporter saw a, 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 a at Johnny Gar, a local grocery store, there was a cake that said Fire Canada on it, like at the at, like like ready in the bakery. And I'm like, y'all, y'all are sick. So I'm not surprised by Jaguars fans on the Trevon Walker, Josh right. Allen thing, but it's just another sign to me of just one of the things that we're hearing out of Jacksonville with what the, what's going on there. Yeah, look, the expectations on him are outrageous as the number one overall pick, as they oh. should be, okay? You know, and then you look at the guy that they passed on to take, Aiden Hutchinson, has been very good, very, really good as a, yeah. as a player, as a rookie. Um, he gets to the quarterback. He brings the quarterback down. He's got, what, four interceptions. Um, Trayvon Walker is a very good football player, okay? And if you had taken him in the middle of the second round, I think everybody would be exceptionally pleased. But you took him first overall, and the expectation is you get a game wrecker like T.J. Watt, and that's not what he is. He's very good against the run, very good at setting the edge, and he is a strong, strong guy, long and athletic. Um, so he makes a lot of good football players. He's just not an elite pass rusher. And, you know, the Jaguars looked at – Aiden Hutchinson, they looked at Trayvon Walker and they said, we think Aiden Hutchinson is as good as he's going to be. We think Trayvon Walker is going to develop into that elite pass rusher. You know, they moved him to outside linebacker and it just really hasn't worked. Uh, he just hasn't taken that next step as a rusher, but he's a very, very good player. Um, and I think people here, uh, well, there's a segment here that are, that are behind Trayvon Walker, no matter what. And there's that other segment, like you said, that, that don't, you know, they're disappointed that they're not getting the big time pass, right? He, he, I can see Trayvon Walker being a 10, 12, 13, 14 year guy in the NFL mm -hmm. who, you know, on a really good year has eight or nine sacks, very good against the run. Uh, he drops in coverage really, really well for a guy that weighs 270 pounds. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on for the Steelers as well. I mean, he will drop in coverage maybe more than you even think. 
but he's just not the elite pass rusher that, you know, I think everybody expected to get from the number one pick. I hear that. I want to talk about how the Jaguars plan to counter the Steelers elite pass rushers on the other end, because we've seen some game plans from teams and we've seen it work and not work against the Steelers. I want to talk about how you think the Jaguars are going to apply that here on the North Shore Drive podcast on the Pittsburgh Post, because it's the Accrature fan advantage. We've got Mike DeRocco from ESPN. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Stick with us. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast is the Acrisure Fan Advantage. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Mike DeRocco of ESPN. He covers the Jaguars. He's known that he knows everything about the Jacksonville Jaguars as the Steelers take on the Jaguars 1 p.m. Sunday at Acrisure Stadium. Just a reminder, the Acrisure Advantage is coming to you all year long, getting you closer to the Steelers than ever before with exclusive answers to your burning questions that are submitted to us from Brian Batko and myself every Friday and then every Saturday, just like you're seeing right here. We talk to an expert on the Steelers' upcoming opponent and give you the full preview as as far as the out-of-town perspective of what's coming up in this game, you can visit accrisure.com slash fan advantage for more advantage for more information to submit your questions today. Mike, I got to talk to you about game plans that I've seen. I, I, I love watching film. I love breaking down the things and, and, and analyzing those parts of the, those parts of tape. And when I look at the Steelers best and worst games th- this year, when, when the, when the edges have taken over, obviously that's when they're at their best. But one thing I saw that Houston Texans really do when they dismantled the Steelers 30 to 6 in that in that in that win. I saw the Texans come up with a game plan that was we are going to make sure that these two guys do not beat us. Either CJ Stroud was getting out the ball quick, it was a screen pass that the edges weren't going to be able to have time to get there, or they were calling max protect so that, that CJ Stroud had time to, to sit in the pocket. And I wasn't sure that the Steelers were going to win last week against the Rams because I was like, Sean McVay is going to do exactly that. That's what he does. He 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 finds the thing. And he did do that. But the Steelers were able to counter it with different looks, different blitzes, and it became a really awesome chess match to watch when you went back and looked at the film last week. Do you anticipate the Jaguars kind of adjusting their style to something like that. Just get the ball quickly out of Trevor Lawrence's hands or limit the amount of pass catchers that they have to make sure that he has all, all as much time as he needs to throw when they want to go deep. Or do you see the Jaguars trying to dictate their own pace of how they're going to call their offense? No, I, I think we'll see a lot of what we saw against the Saints uh, last okay. week, which was partly because of Trevor Lawrence's knee. Uh, you know, the sprained knee that he was dealing with, but they got the ball out very quick. If you look at the numbers, Trevor Lawrence gets the ball out quick anyway. Mm. Um, he's among the top uh, six, seven in the league in terms of getting the ball time to throw. Um, but last week, you know, they threw a lot of quick wide receiver screens. They threw a lot of those, you know, horizontal passes to the backs. They threw some to tight end Evan Ingram as well. So they're going to utilize a lot of that. And they're also going to do, you know, some max protect at times. Uh, they're also going to make sure that uh, T.J. Watt is never, you know, not accounted for with more than one player. Um, I shouldn't say never, but certainly, they're, you know, T, uh, 
Travis Etienne is going to be coming out. They'll be chipping him a little bit. You know, I think there will be more times where TJ Watt might get one-on-one on Cam Robinson. They'll feel a little bit more comfortable or comfortable putting in that snare than opposed to Anton Harrison, the rookie, taking him one-on-one. But they're not going to let, like you said, they're not going to let those guys beat him. Um, Trevor Lawrence does a really good job of moving in the pocket as well. And, and when they did get close, he did take off and scramble last week. He was the leading rusher in the game. I think he had 63 yards. Um, first time in his career, he's led the Jags in rushing. And, and he was, you know, he, he outrushed Alvin Kamara in that game last week, believe it or not, by one yard. So that's what you'll kind of see as well. And where I think the Jags have a decent advantage in that game is that, you know, Christian Kirk is very, very good out of the slot. His quickness is, is really his strength. And the guy that's the matchup problem for a lot of teams is Evan Ingram. Um, they can line him up out wide. They can line him up in the slot. He's essentially a wide receiver that's significantly bigger than, you know, all the other Jags receivers. So they, they've got some options there. And Travis Etienne as a receiver out of the backfield, uh, this, this franchise used to be a franchise that struggled to do anything in the screen game. And Etienne has really kind of helped them turn that around. So They've got some options, but, you know, there's going to be some times when Trevor Lawrence is going to be asked to drop back and wait two, three seconds, um, you know, to try and get something going down the field. And they're going to have to protect. I mean, that's just the bottom line. They're going to have to protect. There's going to be a handful of plays where, you know, that offensive line is going to have to hold up. Now, a lot of it, too, will depend on what the Steelers do against Calvin Ridley because, you know, last week the, the Saints they bracketed, they had a guy over the top. They were not going to let Calvin Ridley beat them deep. So the Jags had to be patient and take some of those shorter passes um, and, and make that be their priority and, you know, have to go on longer drives. Um, and they showed the patience to do that, which is, you know, a credit to a young quarterback. Because sometimes those guys, you know, in second and third years, they're just like, you know what, they just get too impatient and they want to take a shot down the field. Um, so we'll have to see how those, the Steelers attack Ridley because that'll kind of be the key to everything else too. I, I'm, I'm right with you on that. That makes a lot of sense. I wanted to ask you about ATN because he's a very different style than Najee Harris. Both were first round picks in that 2021 class. Um, and I think you've seen him come on a little bit of, of, of late. Uh, he's made, he's been making some big plays. He's more of the home run hitter than Najee Harris. Najee Harris is more of the, I'm going to get, fi- I'm going to turn, you know, two yards into five yards, five yards into eight yards, just be that physical kind of guy. What has allowed Travis ATN to kind of get, get his burst lately? Because the Steelers, they have not consistently stopped the run this year. And that's, you know, that's something that they, that they got a lot better at last year. Granted, Cam Hayward uh, was a big factor in that. And he's been hurt those, most of this year. And he at least started practicing, uh, on Thursday for the Steelers. I don't think he'll be ready for this game, but he's at least opened up his window to return. Um, but that to me, Travis Etienne could be the biggest the biggest kind of X factor in this game outside of Trevor Lawrence because of the Steelers' problems in stopping the run and his ability to not just run well, but take one little mistake and turn it into a huge play. Yeah, believe it or not, and it sounds weird to say this on a team with Travis Etienne and, or with uh, – Trevor Lawrence and, and Calvin Ridley, but Travis Etienne's been the offensive MVP mm. uh, of this team so far this year. Now you look at his numbers the last several weeks, it's not 120 yards, 110 yards or whatever. He's had some 30s and some or some 40s and some 50s in there, um, you know, except for the Buffalo game where he really had his best game of the year. But the thing he's doing 
is he's scoring touchdowns. He's got multiple touchdown runs in three consecutive games. If he gets two against the Steelers, he'll be the first guy to do it in four straight games since LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006. So he's up there in some pretty significant company. Um, last year, he was his second year in the league, but really his rookie year because he missed 2021 with a Liz Frank injury. So he was really just kind of learning how to be a running back last year in the league. And what they told him after the season was, look, you, you left a lot of yards out there and mm. you left a lot of big plays out there. So here's what we want you to work on. We want to want you to work on squaring up at the line of scrimmage, getting through and making a move that sets up, you know, the guys in the second and third level, you know, to kind of make sure that you can get there and make a move and go ahead and, you know, break a long run. Uh, and the two other things they needed him to do as well was to to be smart about the hits he takes because he seemed uh, to take a lot of big hits last year and he would put the ball on the ground. That's the other thing. He fumbled five times last year, which is entirely too many. Uh, and a lot of those came when he was fighting for an extra half a yard. So they wanted him to understand, look, go down. You don't have to fight for mm -hmm. that extra half yard. Protect the football. That's the most important thing. So you add all that together, and he's been a much better, much better back this year. And, and the one thing about him too is he's not the biggest guy, um, you know, but he's very thick in his lower body. And what he was able to do uh, two weeks ago um, against the Colts is he gets into the line of scrimmage, and he really doesn't need a big crease, and he's able to get himself small, and then he pops through the crease, and they've kind of lost track of it. And then that allows him, you know, to get a couple of steps on somebody. And if he's able to get a couple of steps, he can break a long run. So, uh, you know, I think he's the X factor for this team going into this week. Uh, until this offense really starts getting back on a, on a roll like they were in the second half of the season, I think the best thing for them would be to kind of put the game on ETN's shoulders and let him ride it out as much as he can. I hear you on that. I want to talk to you about you now that we've gone over that, you know, that aspect of the game. I want to talk about how this is going to play out, where you see some of the biggest clashes and matchups happening in this game. We'll do all that here in the North Shore Drive podcast. It's the Acrisure Fan Advantage from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Mike DeRocco, stick with us. we got one more segment here. We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast. It's the Acrisure Fan Advantage from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Mike DeRocco from ESPN. Mike, I want to get into – I love talking matchups. I love talking about, you know, where you know what dictates things first. One matchup that I always look at in every, every game is I always look which defensive front will disrupt the other team's offense first because that to me that's like that's like get, you know when you're playing chess who takes the first rook or who makes the first big move there it doesn't necessarily determine who's going to win but it can determine the path of the game here do you think that this is a game where that is the biggest thing you're looking at is seeing like which defensive front can take over or are you looking at another matchup that you see is going to be the biggest factor in who wins this game no, I'm with you on not uh, on the defensive front that takes over, especially because, you know, of the situation with the Jags offensive line and, and, you know, the rookie on the right side and how inconsistent that group has been all year. Um, look, if, if TJ Watt has three sacks in this game, you know, or between him and, and Highsmith, they have three or four sacks in this game. I think the Steelers win this game. Um, the Jaguars have the offense, it's so funny because at the beginning of the year, before the season even started, I, I wrote a story that, you know, Tre uh, Trevor Lawrence could be 
setting and breaking all of the franchise single season passing records this year. Everything's in place for this to happen. Maybe even approach 5,000 yards. I mean, you add Calvin Ridley to an offense that ranked 10th in yards and 10th in scoring last season. How could it not be one of the best offenses in franchise history? And it just, it just hasn't materialized. Now offense is down all, all over the league. Um, but you know, they, they've had moments where they've looked really good, but then they've also had moments where it's been a struggle to move the ball. The third quarter, uh, against the new Orleans saints, they had three plays, uh, you know, the week before against the Indianapolis Colts, they really struggled in the second half to get anything going on the ground. And they were lucky enough to have big leads and hold on. Um, but you know, the offensive line just wasn't able to create a lot of space in that run game. And that just kind of plugged everything up for them. So, um, you know, I don't see this offense being, you know, all of a sudden turning it on and being the explosive 400 and 500 yard offense that we saw at times last season. So mm-hmm. they've got to be careful with turnovers and they've got to be careful to stay out of some long yardage situations um, because that's when you obviously get in trouble. So for me, the biggest matchup is how do the Jags handle those two edge rushers? How does Anton Harrison deal with yet another arguably one of the best or arguably the best pass rusher in the game today uh, in Watt, you know, if they, like I said, if they struggle with that matchup and Trevor Lawrence is getting hit and he's not able to get the ball out quick, then I I think the Steelers win this game. And, you know, Josh Allen is going to have to have a big game on his side that, you know, this pass rush and Josh Allen has, has had its moments, but, you know, they went, against the Houston Texans with four backup offensive linemen, and they didn't get C.J. Stroud down at all, uh, which was a surprise. Trayvon Walker last week went up with a back against a backup offensive tackle, never even touched Derek Carr. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's not been consistent. So, you know, they've got to play well, and they've got to play well against those two edge rushers, or this game is going to go pretty badly for the Jaguars. Just uh, just Thursday, in fact, in the Steelers locker room, George Pickens, who, you know, he makes a lot of headlines in Pittsburgh. He's a pretty big playmaker, back-to-back 100 yards receiving games. He talked about how the Jaguars' defense, he called it a hope defense. I think that he was looking for a way to explain how they're a defense that depends on their on their front to win because they don't want their secondary to kind of be, be, be held out there in coverage too long because they don't have the coverage guys to run with receivers, with, with, with top-end receivers. Would you agree with that assessment, or do you feel like maybe that's missing a few key points that the Jaguars' defense does bring to the table? Because like you said, they may be 31st in passing yards allowed, but they're 22 in, in yards per attempt, which kind of shows they aren't the worst pass defense in the NFL. It's just like you said, a lot of teams are throwing against them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're – elite by any stretch of the imagination but Tyson Campbell is one of the league's better corners and Darius mm-hmm. Williams like I said is having a career year the guy who's really kind of stepped up too is Andre Cisco, the safety who you know in 24 career games at Syracuse had 13 interceptions uh, he didn't play much as a rookie and he's really started to kind of come into his own and he's got three picks this year uh, and should really have a touchdown but you know had the ball knocked out of his hand on his way to an interception return for a touchdown so um, you know, the pass rush when it has been good and when Josh Allen has been in the quarterback space has helped them out a lot. Um, but I, I don't necessarily know that I would, uh, I would arguably call the secondary, the strength of the defense mm. uh, middle linebackers have been really, really good and Foyer, Lewican and, and, you know, Devin Lloyd, but, you know, at times, 
you know, the pass rush that hasn't worked has, has been able to, you know, when it hasn't worked, the secondary has, has given up some plays, but they're really not giving up the big shots. And that's the, the, the thing that I think they worry about this week with those two receivers with Pickens, uh, especially um, because that guy can be covered and surrounded by two or three guys and somehow mm. still stick a hand up and end up with the football. I mean, he's unbelievable. Um, but, but, you know, this defense, this secondary has been pretty good. Um, now, again, it all goes out the window when Sunday rolls around. You know how it is because you think this, you think this matchup is the one that you win as a team. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the game, you're getting your tail kicked because you just aren't playing really well. And that's been an issue on this team's offense for sure. But the defense has been pretty consistent, but it's a great matchup to watch because I think, you know, if Tyson Campbell plays, he'll end up on Pickens a lot. And that looks like a really, really good, um, you know, matchup to deal with, you know, don't forget Tyson Campbell played at Georgia too. So, you know, that could be back to, you know, between him and, and, and Pickens <laughs> and Trayvon Walker. And there's like four or five other Georgia guys in this game. Uh, it's almost like a reunion for these guys. It certainly is. Let's get to this matchup and how we see this playing out. What's the biggest thing that you see leaning, kind of deciding this game, the biggest matchup, the biggest factor, and give us your final score prediction with how this plays out? Yeah, I, I think, again, the pass rush, how the Jaguars handle the pass rush is, is going to be, to me, the most important thing. And that's the matchup that, that will decide this game. Like I said, I think if Watt and Highsmith are in Trevor's face all day and they're not able to get the ball out quickly, then I think, you know, the Steelers win this game. Um, but I think if, if they're able to, you know, give him enough time and Trevor can get the ball out quickly and, and they make some plays with those short throws, I mean, that's the thing too. You, you've got to break one of those, you know, not necessarily to the house, but, you know, those short passes can't go for two, three, four yards. You, you need to get a couple of 10, 12, 15 yarders out of that. And they can do that. Then I think they win the game. I think, um, you know, they can get to Kenny Pickett. If they get to Kenny Pickett, I think there's some some interceptions that are going to be uh, in the in the future there for that game. But um, I, I do think it'll be a low scoring game, maybe maybe like a 17 14, because like I said, the Jags offense just doesn't really consistently put up a ton of points and a ton of yards. Um, so I think if, if the Jags can control the pass rush, I think they win at 17 14. And if they can't, the Steelers win at 17 14. I think that's the exact pace the Steelers want. That's 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 the that's what they've done. That's what they've won. They they the Steelers win when they hold teams to less than twenty points. That's just been their ammo. Not just this year, but for the last like three three years. They 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 drag you down to the mud. They make right. it a rock fight, and they make it like you know hey, we're back in the seventies, man. We're bringing it. <laughs> it's mean Joe Green, and you can't you line you put your hand in the dirt even if you're lined up at wide receiver. Uh, but in all seriousness. I actually think this game's going to have a little bit more scoring to it. Not a lot. I have the Steelers winning 26-19 in a, a few odd different ways. I think the defense contributes to it. I think both teams create turnovers and both offenses capitalize on those opportunities. I just think that the one thing the Steelers have going for them, like you, like you were talking about, Trevon Walker, I, I think he's going to be a – great player in the NFL as far as all the different things he can do. And, and I think he is that wrecking ball that Mike Tomlin talked about. But as far as getting to the quarterback in this game, 
I think that Highsmith and Watt and Ogan Joby um, and what the Steelers are doing now with their linebackers, Keanu Benton, their rookie defensive t- tackle, is getting better. DeMarvin Leal has been getting better at it. I think the Steelers are going to be able to throw a, a little bit more into how they'll attack Trevor Lawrence than the Jaguars will, and that will be the difference between a couple more turnovers or, a, or maybe even one more big turnover for the, for, that the Steelers cause than the Jaguars cause. But these are, like I said, these are two very similar teams. And on top of, you know, all the players we're talking about, they both have Super Bowl champion head coaches and, right. and guys that are highly respected, Doug Peterson and Mike Tomlin. Um, you know, when people talk about great coaches, they're both in those conversations in the NFL right now. So I just think everyone, if you're a football fan, you should be tuning into this game. Even if you're just a neutral fan, just wanting to just see good ball, this is going to be one of those matchups. Mike. Thanks so much for joining us here in the North Shore Drive podcast and the Acrisure Fan Advantage, man. Let people, know, let people know where they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, you can follow me on X, formerly Twitter, at uh, E-S-P-N-D-I-R-O-C-C-O. Um, you know, obviously, I'm active on there. And then if you go to the ESPN.com NFL page, you'll be able to find all my stuff there as well. So I appreciate you having me. This was fun. This was a lot of fun, Mike. Thanks so much for joining us. Maybe we'll do it again if these teams meet again in the playoffs uh, with the way that they're playing right now. He's Mike DeRocco from ESPN. Check him out on, on ESPN. I'm, I'm Chris Carter of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Find all our written work at the at post-gazette.com. Check out this show every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, all, all season long with the North Shore Drive podcast. Uh, just a reminder, I am off this weekend, so I will not be uh, with, with Ray for the Monday episode. We're going to try to get him and Brian Batko to recap the game, but stay tuned. We still have all all the content for you here, you guys, with the North Shore Drive podcast and the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We'll see you after the Steelers take on the Jaguars on Sunday. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description. 